Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus said, I'm the vine. And he said to his disciples, you're the branches. Now, if you're going to become like me, you got to be connected. And you see that little connection. The branch abides in the vine. And as you're abiding, as you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there's going to be something happening. There's going to be fruit. Now, you take that connection away, disconnect. Jesus said to his disciples, without me, I alone, you can do how much? Nothing. Almost since the beginning of man's existence, he has wanted to do things his own way. That's how the fall happened. The unintended consequence of that separation from God was separation of men and women from each other. Pastor Mark will be teaching that this individualism has carried on into the church, causing the body of Christ to be dysfunctional. We'll be talking about the negative fallout of behaving as if Christians didn't need each other and showing how it's impossible to have a deepening relationship with God without doing the same with those around you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 13 as he begins his message, Spiritual Fruit, Connected Disciples. As you're watching me, many of you, this is how you do life, especially in the spiritual part of your life. You simply just do it, I alone. But that was never God's plan. And to be honest with you, it doesn't work. Right from the beginning, we see the heart of God. In the book of Genesis, it says this, God speaking, let us Make man in our image, us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see, that is a picture of how we're to do life. We were created to do life with God and with other people. Now, right after God created Adam, Adam was I alone. And God looked at him and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he created Eve. And that began to show us that we're to learn to connect with one another. We're to learn to relate with one another. Well, as time went on, you know what happened. Adam and Eve were given a choice to do life with God or alone. By themselves, without God. They chose to do life without God. Sorry, God, we're going to do it ourselves. Many of you are like that today. You don't have a relationship with God. Well, the next thing we know, that caused great trouble because as they made that decision, 
The way it really happened was, one day Eve was alone. And Satan, the great deceiver, came to her. Now her husband was somewhere nearby, we don't know where. But he convinced her to go against God. She shared that fruit with her husband. At that moment, it affected you, and it affected me. I was born with a sin nature that wants to rebel against God instead of serving and being connected to God. And the next thing we discover in your sinful nature and mine, I'm going to sit here, but I want you to see these three keys. Write them down. Here's our sin nature. I selfish, I first, and I alone. That sin nature is prevalent in every single one of us. I have to fight it. You have to fight it. But see, all through the Bible, we don't see that. All through the Bible, we're taught to say no to that sinful nature, and we're taught to be connected with God and connected with others. So much so that here's what we've discovered. You see, if I'm not connected with God and with other Christians, I'm disconnected. The California Department of Mental Health found this recently. If you're disconnected from other people, you don't have a relationship with other people. I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm talking with others. You're two to three times more likely to die in early death. You're four times more likely to suffer emotional burnout. You're five times more likely to suffer clinical depression. And you're 10 times more likely to be hospitalized for an emotional and mental disorder. Now, how could that be? They're not Christians. Well, it's because man has decided to try to do life alone. No God and definitely no other people. I'm just going to do my thing. And because of that, the Bible, you're going to see, actually commands us to do life with other Christians. It's not a wish list, it's a command. And we've used that word command over the last few months to say the word sticky. In other words, there's no reason for you to be here today unless you take the truth and make it stick to you. You'll see that later. In other words, apply it. So because so many of you aren't connected other than this big service, I want you to begin thinking what that looks like. And to try to change who you are and the way you do life takes a little while. You see, it takes a while to change a habit. Find a way to go to it and start applying the Word of God. Don't just keep walking in and out of here as if it's a theater. Get yourself sticky. Now, when we talk about connected, I connected versus I alone. There should be a picture that will make sense to you. One day, Jesus was walking through a vineyard, and he began to teach a principle. And from that, we see this graphic. This should come to your mind when you see the word connected. As he walked to the vineyard, Jesus said this, God is the manager, the gardener of this spiritual vineyard. And from that, Jesus said, I'm the vine. And he said to his disciples, you're the branches. Now, if you're going to become like me, 
You got to be connected. And you see that little connection. The branch abides in the vine. And as you're abiding, as you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there's going to be something happening. There's going to be fruit. Now, you take that connection away, disconnect. Jesus said to his disciples, without me, I alone, you can do how much? Nothing. But with me, there's going to be spiritual fruit that will come out of your life. Let's take a look at, if I'm abiding, if I'm sticky, if I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, as I work with him, he's producing this fruit in my life. Godly character, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, those things in Galatians 5. And then we unpack bold witness. I'll talk more about that. We'll be sharing our faith with others. Good works, authentic praise. What did we just finish? Praising the Lord. And then last, we talked about generous giving. Now, I want to talk about two of these, bold witness. When I said to you, why don't you witness, two major keys came out from you guys. Here's what you said to us. We don't witness because we're afraid, not afraid of the reaction, not sure how to start it, blah, 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 all those. And the second thing is, Pastor Mark, we don't witness because we really don't know how. Well, that didn't go on deaf ears. Well, I'm praying, and when God gives me the opportunity, we're going to go and show you how not to have fear and how to witness, okay? So we're going to make it very practical for you. And then the second thing we talked about was this thing called generous giving. Do you remember that? Here's the way Christians do church. They come to church, and they leave their wallets at home. I love you, Lord, and I didn't bring my wallet. Thank you. And the reason is that Christians think their money is their money. But whose money is their money? It's God's. You notice how weak that was? Either you weren't here or that's you. And what do we discover in our world in the United States? Christians give 2.8% to God. Christians tip God. Now, where did they ever come up with that? I selfish. That's my sin nature. So we tried to challenge you with a principle that God gave us. There's no place in the Bible where God says, test me. Go ahead, take a chance and watch me prove it to you. But he does. Here's the passage. Here's what God said to us. Bring all the tithes, 10% off the top of what you make, 10% off the top before taxes, into the storehouse, into the church where you're being fed. Calvary Chapel, it all goes together into one because we're one church in many locations. So that there'll be enough food in my temple. Now, that's Old Testament. Why would you bring that? So we can have lights, we can have air conditioning, we can do the bounce houses, you can pay for the pastors, you can have a parking lot that doesn't have grass, and all of those kind of things. And if you, if you do it, there's always an if. If you do it, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Now notice what Jesus says here. Let me prove it to you. Are you kidding me? So what did we do? And I don't know how many are doing it. If you weren't here, start this week. For the next 10 weeks, I'm asking you that don't tithe to tithe. Just take 10% off the top and give it to God. I won't ever know. I have no idea how. But God will know. You see, if you don't believe God, who's the loser? See, you don't believe that. 
And the reason you have trouble in your life is because you don't believe the promises of God. Now, you like the promise of God, everyone that calls on me can be saved, but you don't like it when he says, give to me off the top and watch me show you that your 90% that's left will go farther than the 100% you had before. How many approve that in your life? Let me see your hand. There you are. I mean, we prove that all our life, but you guys are suffering because you won't take a chance. Take a chance and trust God. I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 13. And what you're going to see today is another proof of what a disciple is. We've been talking about being productive. We've been talking about being sticky. In other words, if I'll take the truth of God's word in all these areas and start applying it to my life, I'll be very fruitful. But not just a little fruit. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. It will just continue to happen in my life. Now, three ways to connect to God that we've already talked about. Don't write those down. We're going to write the fourth one down in a moment, the new one. All right, let's go through them. Be connected to Jesus in a vibrant personal relationship. You will never, ever get to heaven unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That comes with asking him to forgive you of your sins and to come in and make that relationship between the branch and the vine viable. And you'll have forgiveness and you'll go to heaven. It's not a church. It's Jesus. It's personal. Number two, be connected to the word. We learned in John 8, 31, that if I'm going to call myself a disciple, then I'm going to be in the word of God and I'm going to be applying the word of God. You cannot call yourself a disciple if you're here and the only time you look at the Bible is today and you don't look at it for another week. You're never going to be a disciple. You're never going to show fruit in your life. What you are basically is a baby Christian and that's what you'll remain your whole life. Miserable, don't understand God, how come it's so hard? It's because you've never stepped up to get into the Word of God. That's why I teach the Word of God. Number three, be connected to a local church. We learn from Ephesians chapter four. See, God didn't design the church as an option. He designed the church as part of the way that you grow. And we hear lots of people today say something like this. I can be a very healthy Christian and not go to church. I believe that's 1,000% wrong. Personally, if you have an option, I don't even believe you can be a Christian. You go to 1 John chapter 5, Jesus says, if you say you love me and you don't love the brethren, you don't want to hang with the brethren, then you don't love me. So be careful. And then here's the last one I want you to write today. Be connected or sticky. In other words, be not I alone, but be I connected with other Christ followers. In other words, if you're going to prove yourself to be a disciple, you got to do what Jesus says shows that you're a disciple. Now, I've asked you to turn to John 13, 35. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. You have your own translations. But notice what this says. Jesus speaking. Your love for one another, your love for one another, say that word, one another, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. You can reverse that. If you call yourself a disciple, you will love other Christ followers. You say, Pastor Mark, I get that. So here's the proof I want you to write. Here we go. Proof. A disciple, this is Jesus' definition at Calvary Chapel, a disciple loves other Christ followers, one another. We don't do life I alone. We do it I connected with other people. 
Now, back in the 70s, those of you that are around in the 70s, here's kind of what we heard. Love, 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 love. Everybody loves, don't take a bath, just love me. Love, love. How many remember that? Come on now, you remember all those songs. Well, love does have an emotional part. There's no question about that. But I want you to write the next statement because most people don't understand that. Notice, love is a verb. I love you, Pesimai. I love the church. No, love is a verb. What does that mean? Actions, attitudes, and words that are followed up with something. Some of you say to your wife, I love you. And what she wants to say to you then, prove it. Give me a bouquet for crying out loud. <laughs> Remember what Jesus said one day? If you love me, keep my commandments. That's not an emotion. That's an action. So, Pastor Mark, are you saying that I'm going to have to love people? I'm going to have to be around them? I'm going to have to interact with them? Hello. That's exactly what I'm saying. To show you how that's worked, we've tried to display it in a kind of a funky way that we're changing to be like God. Everything in our life starts with God. You can't do life unless you're connected to God. And if I'm connected to God, the only way I learn about God is his word. That's why we teach you the Bible. So I have to be into the word, and the word has to be in me. And then where we learn it initially is in the church. Here's what you're doing. I have lots of people that email me, and they say this to all of our pastors. I've learned more in the last two months at this church than I did 40 years where I was before. Now, why is that? Because we're teaching the word of God. And this is a new one for today. If you're going to call yourself a disciple, then you're going to have to love one another. You're going to have to prove it by action. You're going to have to prove it by hanging with one another. Now, Jesus understood that when he began his ministry. In the beginning, let us. Jesus was with God from the beginning. But when he came to earth, he was still connected to his father, but he decided to do a role model for us. When Jesus came to this earth, he was connected to God. He didn't do life alone. What did the first thing Jesus do when he got here? When he started his ministry, what's the first thing he did? He picked how many? Twelve what? Twelve what? Disciples. He picked them to do what? To do the next three and a half years together. See, he was saying to you and me, you can't do your spiritual life alone. Well, I have God. I have God too. But you need others. And that was always the role model as we begin. So when Jesus did that, it was called I Connected, a group of people who would share these common interests and relate to one another, and actually they would do life together. What Jesus was saying is this. I want to show you how to be productive. I want to show you how to be fruitful. So you're going to have to hang with me. Now look at this verse, and I think you'll see a principle. Here's what Jesus was saying to the disciples. They didn't get it early on, but later they did. Notice, Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, S. He didn't just hang with one. He happened to pick 12. And what was he saying with them? You got to hang with me. What was he saying? 
Spiritual growth doesn't happen I alone. Now, you remember the disciples. If you've been in church, you studied the disciples. Were the disciples an interesting group of 12 guys? They were all different. One day, Jesus said to them, he was teaching them, and he said to them, I'm going to the cross. And he turned around, and he heard some conversation between two or three of the disciples back there. And he turned to them, and he said, what are you talking about? Oh, nothing. What are you talking about? And eventually, he discovered, what were they talking about? I first. He's going to the cross, and they're arguing who's going to be first in the kingdom of God. Do you think he addressed it? <laughs> sure he did. See, that's where the loving confrontation took place. You can't do life alone. Spiritual growth doesn't really happen alone. Now, I want to show you a couple pictures, and it's, it's really true. Here's picture number one. These are pictures from our Israel trip. And as you can see, there's about 48 of us or so. And then there's the picture of the Temple Mount in the back. By the way, that's where everything's going to happen in the end times right there. Here's the next picture. I was teaching out of Matthew chapter 24 to the people. And you can see the Temple Mount in the background again and whatever. Now, look at all those people there. Now, those were about 48 people. They were from all of our campuses. By and large, they didn't know anybody. They didn't know the other people. They knew me because they see me, but that was about it. So what always happens, I've been doing, Lynn and I have been doing this for 20 years. Here's what happens on the trip, first day. They get in the bus, and they're seeing all the new sites, and it's fantastic. And there's people in front of them, behind them, and there's people across from them. There's not much talking going on. They don't know each other. It's a little strange. And the day goes on, and they're seeing neat sights, and whatever, they come that night, and they go over there, and they sit down, and they kind of sit at a table like this, and they just pretty much eat. <laughs> By about day three, what's happening? I get on the bus, and the guide's talking, and I have to do this. Will you shut up back there? Because <laughs> what have they started doing? Getting to know each other. First name basis. Before you know it, as you go, here they are, hanging out together, eating together, talking forever. They never even knew each other. And I, by about day five or six, here's what always happens. They're sharing medicine with one another. What do you have? I got a narcotic here. I got a headache. I'll take that. That's good. They're washing each other's undies. They're doing all kind of crazy stuff. I forgot a sweater. Do you have a sweater? Yeah, here's a sweater. Well, it looks good on me. I'll keep it. Here, have it. Now, I'm not joking. And at the end, what are they? They're family. In fact, when we get back, we just had one last Sunday night. A group of us got together. And we're saying, some of the people from trips years ago are still hanging together. How did that happen? They got real. They got put together. We're on a bus together to heaven. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. During this unusual time in our world's history, we want to reassure you of your Creator's love for you. God is still on the throne and is fully in control of your life and of what's happening in the world around you. We also want to let you know that Calvary Chapel Melbourne is continuing to offer church every Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and you're invited to join us. Though we can't be physically present with one another, we do still want to connect with you. Join Pastor Mark this weekend on Facebook, YouTube, Roku, 
and at calvaryccm.com forward slash live. Services will begin streaming at 6 p.m. on Saturday and 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. We look forward to worshiping with you virtually and hopefully soon in person. If you'd like to explore more teachings from Pastor Mark in this series right now, you'll also find them online, along with more information about the church and this ministry. Would you do us a favor? Would you be praying for Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne staff during this time? We appreciate you lifting us up to the Lord. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation too. This is a great way to support one another when we can't be in each other's company. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Mark next time to continue studying through the powerful Word of God right here on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.